Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about O Mother Son. Om Bur Bhuva Suva Tat Savitur Barenyam Bargo Devasya Dimahi Dio Yo Na Prachodayat Om We meditate on the supreme radiance of the divine solar creatrix that she may give us wisdom. This is the Gayatri Mantra, the oldest chant in the world, first written down in India about 1500 BCE. It praises Mother Sun, giver of life, and is still sung three times a day, at sunrise to Gayatri, the maiden sun, at noon to Savitri, the mother sun, and at sunset to Sarasvati, the grandmother sun. It may surprise many to learn that the sun was once originally regarded as female. In fact, our very word sun comes from Sunna, the old Teutonic sun goddess. And so, in honor of the summer solstice, let's now get to know a few of the world's sun goddesses. The sun goddess of Egypt was Hathor, whose name means, My house is the sky. Hathor had a sun disk on top of her head, sometimes cradled by two cow horns. Her symbols were the mirror, the eye, and the cat, all solar icons in ancient iconography. The mirror represented the eye of the sun, which was one of Hathor's titles. The mirror was her all-seeing eye, which watched over her children. It was a tool for capturing the power of the sun. The earliest known mirror is a polished slate disc, shiny when wet, dating from Egypt from around 450 BCE. Another of Hathor's symbols was the cat, a solar animal whose round face and flared whiskers evoked the sun and the sun's rays, which reached down to earth like Hathor's hands to care for her children. The sun goddess of Scandinavia was Freya, Her sun symbols were a chariot drawn by cats, a magic necklace, and a cloak of falcon feathers. Freya's chariot represented the sun's mode of travel through the sky each day, pulled by solar animals, the cats. Freya's magic golden necklace called Brissingamen was the shining aura that surrounded her brilliant sun face. The falcon was another solar animal, and Freya wrapped herself in solar falcon feathers to represent her blazing, life-giving powers. Another sun goddess was the great Celtic triple goddess Brigid, known as Bright Arrow and the Bright One. Brigid's symbol was fire, an easy clue to her solar identity. An ancient song to honor her went, Brigid, excellent woman, sudden flame, may your bright, fiery sun take us to the everlasting land. Another symbol of Brigid's solar status were her brass shoes, with which she made her daily, sunny, brilliant footprints across the earth. Universally, the sun was gendered female, but over time, cultures changed the sun's gender to male. This transition is well illustrated by the story of Apollo. In pre-classical Greece, the sun was the goddess Theia, the bright one. Apollo was merely a minor god of mice called Apollo Smintheus, worshipped as the half-tame mice that lived under the altar and ate the ceremonial offerings. 
As mice were considered lunar animals, Apollo was also called a minor moon god, known as Phoebus Apollo, a name borrowed from the moon goddess Phoebe. Around the 3rd century BCE, a few Greek poets began comparing Phoebus Apollo to the sun. A spiritual movement called Orphism came into being during this time. The Orphics preached a world of duality that distinguished a lower stage of being, entirely material and earthy, from a higher stage of being, which was immaterial and solar. It was believed that as a person developed, his earthy nature gave way to his solar self until he became a being of pure spirit and sun. Needless to say, women who were seen as entirely earthy would have had much difficulty achieving this solar status. Thus, the Orphic solar realm had no goddesses, only gods, and the sun became a male god. The Romans embraced this new pantheon and the dualistic philosophy of the Orphics, as did the later Christians. During the Renaissance and its infatuation with classical culture, artists and poets glorified the idea of the male sun god, extolling Apollo, once a lowly mouse and moon god, in their sumptuous art and literature. It was only much later, during the 19th century, that Europeans began yearning for their roots and invented the scholarly studies of folklore and archaeology. Then evidence began pouring in that in ancient times the sun had been a goddess, the nurturing mother of all living creatures. And what that fact might mean to us today is still to be determined. We meditate on the supreme radiance of the divine solar creatrix that she may give us wisdom. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley.